The Courage to Lead, episode 124. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week, and I'm really excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Chris M. King. Imagine achieving the impossible or even the unimaginable in one-fifth the time everyone thought it would take and doing it with zero stress. Flow, also known as the zone, is an optimum state of consciousness wherein teams and individuals feel and perform their best. It's trainable and available to anyone. My guest today is Peak Performance Executive Coach and Speaker, Chris M. King. Chris sets the conditions and behaviors for flow so professionals can achieve goals with innovation and speed. He facilitates the journeys that lead to the discoveries that create sustainable transformations and ensure clients exceed their professional and personal expectations. Chris has particular expertise with professional women and women-led focused teams, uh, ensuring they are running their businesses and lives instead of their businesses and lives running them. In a world where V-U-C-A is the norm, go from the status quo to the status flow. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Harlan. Grateful to be here. This is fantastic. This is awesome. Uh, All right. Uh, So I have worked in the aerospace industry and on military projects in the past, and I've seen a lot of acronyms. V-U-C-A is not one that's familiar to me. What is V-U-C-A? VUCA, yeah, that's one I learned from my uh, my Navy SEAL buddies. Actually, uh, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Excellent, and that pretty much sums up business. <laughs> that's business, uh, as the entrepreneur life, <laughs> right? The entrepreneurial life, man. Like that's you know, and uh, my buddy in the South has a different phrase for it. He just calls it, "Hey, y'all, watch this," right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> been there, done that, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Have the scars to prove it. All right. <laughs> We're going to come back, talk about how you got your start. Uh, talk about the flow, right? And the zone, um, what that means and, and some of the people you're working with right now and stuff. But first, I've got 10 questions. Um, listeners will know these are the questions I ask every one of my guests uh, made popular on the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio. We're host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood stars from stage, film, and television. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're more than good enough for my guests. Right. So, sir, if you're ready, I have 10 questions for you. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Mm. Responsibility is the first one that comes to mind. Okay. What is your least favorite word? Oh, victim. I'm with you. All right. What turns you on? It's the light in somebody's eye when they connect with that thing that is core for them and inside, and you can see the excitement, you can see the fire. And in in that moment, you know, I know they have everything they need to make that happen, whatever that thing is. Nice. Very cool. All right. What turns you off? I had a canned response that came forward, but I want to be more present than that. What really turns me off, um, it, it's disempowerment. You know, it's re- the, the self-disempowerment. Cool. All right. What sound or noise do you love? 
love the sound of those really old cars from like the 20s, you know, that, you know, that thing. <laughs> cool. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, the, the, the sound of a screaming child. How does a human make that piercing noise? It's so shrill. I, uh, and it goes on forever. Sometimes. And it's just yes. right. I'm like, oh gosh, how, how is that produced? That shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is your favorite curse word? Oh, it's the granddaddy of them all. I mean, you can, because you can put that word in the middle of other words, right? Uneffing believable. How cool is that? <laughs> you modificated. That's awesome. Right? All right. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I've been asked that question before. Um, I, you know, I was a trained race car driver, actually. So I think if I had, if I had all the money, Mario Andretti phrased it really well. He says the, the best way to make a small fortune in automobile racing is to start with a large fortune. Uh, so, <laughs> but, so it's a rich, it's a rich person's game. So, but if, if I had that kind of Jack, maybe that's what I would do. There you go. And what profession would you not like to do? accounting, graphic design, anything where I'm sitting behind a computer screen endlessly. I'm, it's not my jam. Yep. I'm with you. All right. Finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? That was funny. <laughs> like I imagine God would look at me. Remember what you did, man, that was funny. Right. And then she and I just have a good laugh about, yeah, that was not my most proud moment, but you're right. That was funny. Awesome. Very cool. All right, man, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about how you got your start, um, how you found the flow and how you help other people find that flow. Um, and then some of the groups you're working with, and uh, maybe we'll talk about that sunset or sunrise behind you. Okay. All right. All right. Listeners, we'll be back right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And I'm back with my guest, Chris M. King. Chris, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to be on the podcast today. Glad to have my you pleasure. here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. No, this is great. And I, I love that scene behind you. Tell me about that. That was uh, just a few days ago. I shot that. That's the sun rising over the Caribbean and the uh, in the Yucatan in Mexico. And uh, so over the course of 15 minutes, you'll see, you know, before before it's uh, above the horizon, you'll see it come up and then it'll recycle itself. Okay. So that's how I spend my mornings watching the sunrise. Why not? Absolutely. Right? I would love to be there. So tell me how you got started. You started off as a public relations and marketing guy, right? Yeah, yeah, I was a marketing guy in tech, and and I made a very, I had a very nice career, and uh, one day I became a marketing director at a marketing services company. I worked there for about nine months, and I realized it was a soul sucking job, and I was absolutely miserable. 
And I decided, I, I ended up on the radio one day with Ryan Seacrest of all people in the studios in Burbank. And I thought this is the coolest thing ever. I was about 30 years old at the time. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to just forget my career. I'm going to become a radio DJ, which is beyond stupid for many reasons. <laughs> Number one, you're never going to get that job. Number two, if you are lucky enough to actually make that happen, you will make no money doing it. And, um, and that's exactly what I did. I made the impossible a reality. I became a professional radio DJ, Chris King in the morning and was on the air for 10 years. And then I, um, uh, but then I'm also a, um, I, I was born and raised in Santa Monica. And so I'm not comfortable being broke. So being a radio <laughs> DJ was not going to work long-term yeah. anymore. And I decided I had to get a grown-up job. So I ended up working in the neuroscience Institute of a hospital for a while. Hmm. And uh, where I got an accidental education in neurobiology. Uh, at the time, I was also going to school. I went back to school uh, doing a master's program in spiritual psychology. And, um, and I kind of combined all this with, uh, you know, my own personal history of, of being a collegiate athlete and, and uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, being a race car driver and so, um, mm -hmm. or trained to race cars anyway, and, uh, and built a company based on that um, because I had two options at the time. I, uh, it was either play it safe and learn, I don't know, commercial real estate or something, or go out on my own and build something that really meant something to me. And at the time, Harlan, I was broke. I was homeless and I was living out of my car and mm. that's how I started this company. Wow. That is so just, and, and I know a lot of people make these leaps. How did you go from radio to the, what was it? Neurobiology yeah, I worked in the Neuroscience Institute of, uh, of the hospital for a while. I, um, I got a job there because I had an in there. Uh, I okay. knew somebody. And so I was fortunate enough. You know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And yeah. I knew nothing about, you know, working at very little. My, my mother worked for the Red Cross. That's as close to healthcare as I ever got, right? Okay. Um, but I got, a, I got a gig in the marketing department. And so I started working with the physicians on presentations. And of course, I was a radio DJ. So I understand, you know, what, nice. what it takes yeah. to have a good presentation and audience and doctors generally not the greatest presenters. Um, so I, I worked with the physicians and, and wrote a lot of articles, uh, which were ultimately attributed to physicians because physicians are not going to okay. read anything that a physician didn't write. So right. <laughs> I would write the article on dysphagia or something, and then they would post it in the, in the medical journal thing. Um, wow. yeah, so it, um, you know, it's, it's sort of this seemingly random progression of natural stuff throughout my life. And, um, and yeah, this is, this is how I got an accidental education in you know, neurophysiology. <laughs> That's crazy. And then how'd you make the transition to executive coach? You know, I had a girlfriend ask, ask me that question. She said, how did you do it? And I looked at her like, what are you talking about? She says, how did you just wake up one day and said, I'm a peak performance executive coach. And I looked at her and I said, just like that. It was a <laughs> choice, right? And I, and I had done some, some cool stuff. I mean, I, I started working and collaborating with the people at the Flow Research Collective. Stephen Kotler is like my spirit animal. I, I love that man. Um, I, I, I did some stuff with, uh, at the Flow Genome Project. I, I mentioned that I've, I've actually trained with uh, retired Navy SEALs and the, and the good folks at Unbeatable Mind Seal Fit. So all of this stuff came together. You know, I did some stuff uh, with Brennan Bouchard's organization, Jim Quick, nice. like all, all the things, right? But I put it all together and combined it with my own personal background of completely reinventing my life a couple of times after divorces and addictions and you know, all the issues I had, um, as well as finally finding the thing that I really wanted to do and launch myself in that direction. So it was ultimately, yes. the, that's a very long answer to the, the short answer is it was a choice. 
That's good. But I wish more people knew that everything is a choice. Your, your emotions are a choice. You know, how you choose yeah. to respond to something is, is all a choice. So yeah, if you don't like where you're at, change, right? Yeah. How, and, and I mean, and it's simple, right? It's not easy. It's not easy. Right. That's the difference because ultimately you're, because you're spot on here, Harlan, you know, the, the, what we're experiencing right now in terms of our reality is an end result. And it's an end result of a system that is actually a, um, a feedback loop. It's a cybernetic mm -hmm. feedback loop running around our head. And so, and it all starts with your belief system, right? What your very beliefs are. And your beliefs are choices that you haven't taken responsibility for. And the mm -hmm. second you take responsibility for what you believe, you can believe whatever you want. Exactly. And the opportunity, if not obligation, is to believe what is aligned with ultimately the thing that you want. Yeah. And people look at it like it's magic. It's like, it's not magic. It's, it's not. Uh, you, you choose, which brings the emotion, which this is the, the result, right? The, the exhibit of behavior. It's all the choice. If you don't like where you're at, make a different choice. Right. And it's all based in psychology in neurobiology, you know, your own physiology, you know, Kotler says it really well. It says peak performance is nothing more than getting your physiology and your psychology to work for you instead of against you. There you go. Good job. And so how do you do that? Tell me about the flow. Right. So flow, what, what athletes call being in the zone. It's um, so what you've experienced this. I mean, I think most people have experienced this. It's when it's when you're working on something and it's just coming through, like the brilliance is coming through. It's incredibly fast. There's no, there's no sense of self in those moments. There's just the thing you're working on, like that sense of oneness. And it feels like maybe 30 minutes goes by, but you look up, it's been three hours and you yeah. just have this amazing work product in front of you. Yeah. That's a flow state, right? And so it's, it's all driven by, by neurochemistry. So if you can set the conditions in your organization uh, and the behaviors across your team and for yourself in your life, you can generate flow states. And when you do that, you get the exponential increases in speed and creativity. You eliminate stress. Um, you, you get more life out of your life. Um, you know, and as one of my, one of my uh, mentors, uh, teachers said, uh, Dr. Robert Holden, he said, you know, if it seems like there's something missing from your life, it's probably you. Mm. And flow can get yes. you there exponentially faster than you could otherwise. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I've, I've had that time. I'm sure other people have where you just, like I said, you're in the zone, everything you're doing is working. Everything's clicking. You, right. You're making, you know, decisions, you're, you're fixing things, you're creating things, whatever it happens to be. And then other times it's like, blah, <laughs> where am I? Where did that go? Right. 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 Mm -hmm. So if you can train yourself, flow is totally trainable, right? It's counterintuitive in a lot of ways. So the behavior modification is, is tricky. Um, but if you, if you have somebody or know somebody that understands how to do this, you can be a peak performance machine all the time. Wow. So you work with executives, um, helping them become better performers in their area. Give me an example of, of something that you've helped somebody with. What are they missing? What are they, what are they lacking when they come to you or what's holding them back? That's a great question. Um, performance, whether we're talking about speed, like physical speed or, or achieving things faster or getting what you want. It's a function of horsepower, as we know. I'm going to use a, like a race car analogy here, okay? So okay. speed is a function of horsepower. It's also a function of weight, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have too much weight, too much friction, this is going to slow you down. So a big part of this isn't so much of adding speed, adding horsepower. It's lightening the load. It's mm -hmm. stripping things down. 
right? So uh, oftentimes I think a lot of people look at the obvious, we need more horsepower, we need more power. Yeah, but you know what? You don't need more horsepower. I mean, when I, when I rode street motorcycles, actually, I'm 140 pounds soaking wet and all my buddies were 190 plus and everything. And, and they even had better bikes. They say, how, how come you beat me? It's because I weigh you know, 60 pounds <laughs> less than you. I'm going to beat you every day. You're yeah, never yeah. going to win this ever unless I crash. Right. So, um, I'm not even sure if I answered your question. So I no, I, you no, did I, because I go down the rabbit holes a little. I'm a little on the spectrum. So sometimes I get lost. That's fine. That's fine. No, I was watching one of your videos and you talked about basically the same thing. You were at, out in front of a Los Angeles international airport. Look at the airplanes and you're talking about thrust, lift, right. and drag. I, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up um, uh, because I'm particularly proud of this um, uh, because this is, this is, you know, status flow, original stuff, right? So it's kind of my one, part of our program. That's our baby, but um, in order for heavier than air aircraft to fly, you need to balance four forces, lift, thrust, weight, and drag. Okay. So on an aircraft thrust is provided by the engines. Okay. That's what's pushing it forward. Weight is everything the aircraft is carrying and the aircraft itself, right? Lift that's provided by the wings. That's what lifts it up off the ground. Anything that slows it down, any inefficiencies in aerodynamics is drag. Right. So when an airplane takes off the wheels, you know, like a jetliner, the wheels get tucked in, into the belly of the aircraft because it lowers the drag coefficient. Mm -hmm. So if you look at your world, if you look at your business or your personal life or whatever, everything is one of, or a combination of those four forces. So let's say you have a mortgage. Okay. That's weight, something you've chosen to take with you on your journey. Mm -hmm. You have your passion projects or your, uh, your vacations, your hobbies, your recreational activities. These are uh, lift, right? This is the things that pick you up. Uh, you have sales goals, numbers that you want to hit. That's thrust, the thing pushing you forward. You got kids, all of the above, right? <laughs> At any given moment, yes. right? Yep. But anything that slows you down is drag. And, and I, I say, if you're not sure where to identify the drag, drag actually has a sound. So it's when you look at your text message or your email or your phone rings, and it's from that person and your eyes kind of roll into your head and you go, oh, yes. that's the sound of drag. Okay. <laughs> and the problem with drag is a couple of things. The, the, the way that it slows you down is number one, it has a profound effect on your neurobiology. Okay. So there's a, there's always a neurochemical cocktail going on up here. And when you go, oh, drag, uh, it has a profound effect up here. Yeah. So, um, and the same is true when you, something really cool happens, like, oh my gosh, this is great. Right. Different neurochemical cocktail. Mm -hmm. So it's about understanding how do we balance this all out how do, so we can produce flow states so that we have as little drag as possible. And so you start delegating these things, get, get the drag off. And if you look at your task list, mm -hmm. you can say, this is lift, this is lift, this is thrust, thrust, weight, weight, thrust, thrust drag, 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 right? Get nice. the drag off your task list. Love that. And I'm a, a flight guy. I'm an analogy, you know, anything having to do with flights uh, and flying. I love that. And that, that spoke to me when I, when I saw that. First of all, I saw you standing in front of LAX. And then, I mean, you had just at the perfect time, you had a plane come in and land right over you, which I thought was great. Yeah, I um, didn't talk Southwest 319. Just came right in at the corpse down, right? <laughs> that was I, awesome. I mean, I could have used water displacement theory, but then I would have had to drive down to Long Beach, you know, and I've been, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. similar. But you get the, you get the engineering yeah, behind absolutely. it, right? I mean, my old man's an engineer, so that's where my nerdiness comes from. But we've all felt that, you know, where you, you, the phone rings, you look at who it's from. It's like, oh, right. Right. Or, or something happens. You, you get a task handed to you, you get an email. It's like, oh, not again. That's the stuff that you want to do away with. Right. 
clean your plate, get that off, delegate it. If you can leave it for later, you know, if you can just, just right get it now, out of the way. Drag can also be behaviors. How many of us have a Pavlovian relationship with these infernal things, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if, <laughs> if, and, and, and what'll happen, I know like, um, you know, if somebody is texting me while I'm in the middle of something, it annoys me. Like I get, so if I don't turn off the phone, I'm actually going to get annoyed with that person because you know, they're like violating my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not violating my boundaries. I haven't set any because I got the phone making noise. Right. So, so drag can be distraction. It can be habits, right? Bad habits or something. So, so take a look at your life and notice where you have that sinking energy feeling like, Oh, that's something where it's like, oh, I need to offload this if I'm going to perform at my best. Yep, absolutely. Uh, one of the other videos, I've made some notes on some of them. When I watched, you were talking about getting specific. And I love the quote, how we do anything is how we do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, the, the brain is a funny thing. It's, um, the brain is super lazy, okay? Um, and, and by that, what I mean is it's, it is an energy hog. Okay. It's, it's a small percentage of our body, but it's a massive amount of our percentage of our energy output. So the brain is always looking for ways to duplicate patterns so that, and, and create templates so that if it says, oh, well, I can use this template over here. It starts looking for pattern recognition. Where else can I apply the exact same template? So I don't have to think as much. So when you, when you change something over here, it has a domino effect across the board. So that's why we say how you do anything is how you do everything. If you procrastinate over here, you're procrastinating over there. If you have communication problems in the office, you probably have communication problems at home. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody once said to me, um, start the way you mean to go. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Start yeah. the way you mean to go. Start the way you mean to go. Uh, and and we, we do that to ourselves. We, we play at things rather than getting all in, mm-hmm. rather than actually setting that course and, and the objective and going for it. You know, kind of toy around with it. And then we wonder why things don't work. Yeah. Get in there and do it. Get in and do it. Get in and do it. I, I have never met the person that went for something that came from their heart and regretted it regardless of the outcome. Yeah. I have yet to meet that person. Nobody ever, nobody, That's nobody's it. ever said to me, Chris, I really didn't, I really bummed. I chased after my dreams. Yeah. <laughs> I, I achieved it. And I'm, yeah, I'm bummed. Right. Um, so the podcast is about courage. Mm. Um, reinventing yourself takes courage. Um, making different decisions is courage. You, you talk about uh, coming from divorce and addiction and everything like that. That takes courage. Talk to me a little bit about that. Where did you find the courage to leave the comfort zone of the nine to five type job and start creating your own success? Where'd that come from? A couple of places. Um, my mother, one of them, because she had a brilliant line. Um, my, my oldest sister died when she was 11 years old. And my, my other sister and I were really still very young. And I asked my mother in my adult life, I said, mom, how did you do it? Because dad was dealing with it in his way. And, and mom kind of had to keep everything together. And, um, and I asked mom, how did you do it? And she just looked at me. She said, I had two babies at home. What choice did I have? And so when it comes to this, like, you know, I look at my life and Chris, how did you trash a career and, you know, go after an insane dream of being a radio DJ? How did you choose to be broke, homeless, living out of your car and literally eating every other day? Um, you know, with like a, like a muffin from the coffee shop, like that, that was my meal for the day. Right. Um, they said, how did you do that? I was like, well, what choice did I have? You know, my other choice was 
live the phone in life, live the fine life. Right. So it was like, well, go to prison or set myself free. Who's going to, I mean, really that's, that's the lens that I looked at it through. Do I go to prison or do I get through? And what choice did I have really? So. But some people make that other choice. It's an, it's an easier choice. It's like, well, you know, people have given up on me. So what does it matter? And then other people stand up and say, no, I'm not going to settle for that. Where does, where does that come from? Well, I, I can only speak from my personal experience or maybe, you know, through the lens of some of my clients, as I know them, I will say that number one, I have a lot of F you in me. So as soon as somebody tells me, no, that just strike, this is my resolve to do it. The universe included, right? The universe says, no, you can't have that. Watch me. Really um, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I think the, I mean, look, it's, it's really tough to make those kinds of choices, you know, and it depends on your tolerance. Um, when, when I finally launched status flow, I'd already done everything that I was threatened with by launching status flow. I'd already been broke. My credit had already gone to crap. I'd already gone back and moved in with my parents at one point in my life. I just like all the, all the things that already happened. So I was like, what are you going to do? Make me broke and homeless again. I've already done that. Like, so there was no more risk, like all the, and it's what, in, and what it's status flow we talk about is ultimately de-risking this. So if somebody comes to us and says, Chris, I'm scared to do this, we're going to de-risk that for you because we know how to do it. We're going to literally change the way physiologically, the way your brain chemistry works and realign the client with what they want. And, and we don't tell people what to do. We don't tell them how to live their lives. We, we don't that's not our job, right? It's no, not about coaches. Their, that's not what we do, right? right we help them what achieve what they want. Yeah. It's about a listening insight and facilitating alignment. And, and as you know, in, in this world, there's no good or bad. There's no true or false. There's no right or wrong. There is aligned or misaligned with the outcome. That's it. What is true for you? That's it. Nice. And I think why a lot of younger entrepreneurs go out and actually, you know, achieve success where some of the older entrepreneurs don't is that, that fear. When I was growing up, we were invincible, right? We would do anything, try anything. We didn't think about, you know, falling and getting hurt and breaking bones and things like that. That never crossed our mind. We're right. going to jump this bicycle off the roof of the, the house. We would do it, you know? And I think and that's we what... had parents that would let us, right? Oh, oh no, 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 no. Uh, neighbor called my mom at work and told her they're up on the roof of the garage with a bike riding into the pool. And yeah, but you still had time, right? We had time I to mean, do it a couple of times before she got home. Right, yes, but, uh, right. Yeah. Jordan Peterson talks about this. Um, Jordan Peterson's brilliant. He says, you know, you need to let your children do dangerous things carefully. Yes, yes. Right, and and that that's yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's that's. But if we learn. don't have that, it's the fear that holds us back. It's like, well, I could fail. I could run into a wall. I could, you know, be turned down. I could be, yeah. All those things come up and and they hold us back. It's it's having that like I said, you know, just kind of get that stuff out of the way, make it so it, it's not risky. You know, let's take that well, risk and, out of the and, way and do it. And well, the risk is necessary for flow. Risk is a flow trigger. Okay. So there, there's okay. 20, there are 22 flow triggers that we know of. So you need a little bit of risk because that involves fear. Okay. The thing is, it's, as you know, how you relate to the issue is the issue. So mm -hmm. in the case of fear, the reason that the fear is there is because we're thinking about all the doom and gloom scenarios mm -hmm. about how everything could go wrong and fall apart. Right. Well, 
so the tool is to shift your attention, right? Eye on the prize. Well, what if I fail? Yes, but what if you fly, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. So focus on, instead of what you have to lose, what do you have to gain? Now this, as you start to live into that vision, creates a different neurochemical cocktail, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, right? And the interesting thing about fear is that fear and enthusiasm, excitement, through the lens of neurobiology are the exact same thing. Your brain and your body does not know the difference between mm. fear and excitement. Okay. So if you can, instead of focus on the negative and what you don't want and, and, and the fear, and you focus on what you do want and the positive, the affirmative and get excited about that, you're already neurobiologically set for the excitement. So the trick is shifting the polarity in your psychology because your physiology is already primed for peak performance in that scenario. Awesome. And that's what status flow helps executives and people do, right? Yes, um, you say leverage. working with women, mm -hmm. um, is, it, is it any different or what, are, what is it that they have to overcome um, that maybe the, the male counterparts don't? Okay. So, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to use binary gender, not because I'm sensitive, but okay. because I'm 51 and it just makes things simple and it's statistically accurate. So this, okay. this is math. Okay. Yep. So generally speaking, men, men come to us sooner and they want more success, more efficiency, more productivity, that kind of thing, right? They're looking for more of something. Okay. Um, when women come to us, they're in a greater state of urgency and, it, and I think this is because of the way men and women tend to have tended through our organization related to their work. As a man of my generation, I'm 51, I'm pretty high on my priority list most of the time, like top three, right? A woman in, in, in our demo, like, you know, 36 to 54, mm -hmm. she is typically dead last on her priority list. Hmm. everything else comes first, the job and the husband and the house and the kids and the car and her mom and her, like everything else comes first. And she ends up getting leftovers of her own life. Right. And like I said, you know, like Dr. Robert Holden said, if it seems like there's something missing from your life, it's probably you. So what, when women come to us, they've been towing that line a lot longer and they're looking for more relief. They, and, and their, their businesses and their lives are running them instead of the other way around. So what ends up happening is that our, our female clients tend to get a lot more traction and move a lot faster than our, uh, than our male clients in like the, th say the first three months, men will catch up over the course of six to nine months, but for the first six months, sh she's just crushing it, just crushing wow. it. Um, we have a client right now, actually probably my sort of a call it a pet project. Um, but she in, she was in a bad marriage of 15 years. She had really stalled out at work and she, she was stuck, she overwhelmed, burned out, miserable, not living the life that she wanted, you know? And, um, she came to us fast forward, nine months. She's a first time homeowner. She's out of the bad marriage. She got a raise and a promotion and a bonus on top of that. And then a new position, two months after that happened, a new position opened up out of state that she is now slotted for. And if she gets that position, she's going to get another raise and a promotion. The house she just bought in Los Angeles becomes passive income because she rents it out and she buys another place in, uh, in Arizona. So nice. it's, she's literally living in a completely different reality. Wow. And it all starts by, by leveraging what you don't know you already have an R. Nice. Love that. That's awesome. Um, how many people do you have working with you and for you? Uh, four right Seven. now. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. So, um, Very we have, cool. uh, 
yeah, a couple of, uh, of people that have contracted that we contract with. And then we have uh, Anna, who's fantastic. She's been with me for a year and a half and she's, she's just, you know, doing our thing here and, and working with clients on her own. So she's a superstar. Yeah. Very cool. So if I was to bump into any one of these people on the street and ask them what type of leader you are, what would they tell me? What kind of leader are you? <laughs> well, I, that's funny. Um, I, I think they would tell you that like most entrepreneurs, I'm the bottleneck in my organization, right? So when it comes to the things that create drag for me, um, you know, I have in the past, you know, put a pause on that. So if, you know, Anna's like, Hey, where are we on the new CRM thing? Like, I don't know. I haven't even looked at it. Um, so, but I think, um, I think they will say that I live the message. So, and what that means is, like I mentioned, there are flow triggers. And so autonomy is a big one. I let my coaches do our thing in their way. You know, I'm, they, they will, they will never say that I micromanage them, that I control everything or whatever. Um, you know, I provide some feedback and some big picture, uh, architecture, but I let them build the buildings. Nice. Which I, as leaders, that's what we should do, right? Set that vision. Here's the result we're after. Go make it happen and yeah, let them find their zone of genius, right? Right, right. Very gay Hendricks. Exactly. You know, here's what, here's the outcome we're looking for. Go, <laughs> let me know if you need anything, right? Yeah. I'm here to remove barriers. I'm here to remove, right. you know, things, impediments that are keeping you from achieving it, but go out and achieve it. I yeah. think if you, if you put a question or a goal or a, a task to someone and, and say, achieve this and let me know if I can help in any way, they will achieve things above and beyond even what they thought, right? When you're micromanaging, they don't have to think anymore. They can kind of put their own brain on pause and, and then ask you a question. How do I do this? And you show them, how do I do that? You show them, right. stop, let them, let them figure it out, let them do it. And then, you know, help them if you can. That's it. Support That's them right. through doing your thing in their way. And you'll, you'll actually get so much more because they will come to the table with things that, you know, I didn't think of They're like, Oh my God, that's a great idea. I never would have thought of that. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So what's next for you, dude? I mean, You've accomplished so much. You've been and, and so many things. I mean, radio DJ. Yeah. <laughs> race car driver. What's next? The, uh, yeah, well, I never did that professionally, right? Just, I was trained to do it, but, um, but yeah, I think um, what's next for, for us is we're scaling the business. So I'm really excited about that. Our coaches are, you know, we're building their books of business Um and so the, the idea is to get more of this work out to more people that really want true transformation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we use that word intentionally as much as I don't like it, you know, being a LA West sider, it's a little woo yeah. for me, but uh, <laughs> you know, fine. Um, I mean, yep. you know, I, I did my education in spiritual psychology so I could, you know, I, I could get woo, but, um, <laughs> but I think the um, it is about, I know what it's like to live out of alignment, right? Like I know what that feels like. And, and I know the difference when I'm living in alignment and yep. the magic that happens, the power that happens, the beauty that happens. Um, and, and so to get more people living in alignment with their truth and, and doing the things that they thought were impossible, that's, that's where the, that's where the juice is for me. So if we can get more coaches doing that for more people, um, and on the personal side, I'm adopting the digital nomad lifestyle. I've been doing that for a couple of years and I just, uh, just put my, my first deposit down a condo in Mexico. So <laughs> just very excited. Yeah. That so is all, exciting. You know, you know, not bad. Eight, eight years after being broken homeless, I'm, you know, feel like I'm growing up, you know, 
Very nice. It had to happen sometime, right? I, yeah, I guess, you know. So is that going to be your residence down there or just you're going to use it as a, like an Airbnb or, you you know, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll spend quite a bit of time down here. I already Mm -hmm. do. I I have a, um, following your passions is really important. So like Mm -hmm. I said, you got to live the message and I have an affinity for ancient civilizations. So I like to bounce around the, uh, in, in Mexico and in Central America and look at the ruins and and do that kind of thing. So that'll be kind of my hub. I'll probably be, you know, a few months out of the year in and out of, uh, in and out of Mexico and, uh, you know, still, still keep a residence in the United States and everything, but, um, nice. but yeah, Airbnb it when I'm not here, I guess that's a good idea. Awesome. Well, if that's your view that behind you, if that's your view, then, uh, yeah, you're in a good place. That's Absolutely. how my day starts. Yeah. Watch Very the sunrise cool. over the Caribbean. <laughs> awesome. Chris, this has been fun and I'd uh, love to do it again with you. If, uh, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about status flow, how can they do that? What's your website? Thank you. Yeah. Statusflow.net. And, uh, and then on Instagram, it's, uh, at the status flow. The status flow. Very cool. And is status flow, is that available in Atlanta? It's available anywhere. The work is all done remotely. So, um, I mean, we're happy to come, you know, we're happy to fly out to wherever, but the overwhelming majority of the time at this point is everything's done remote. It works really well. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Very cool. Any speaking engagements coming up? I have a couple coming up uh, for a networking organization. Um, I would, and then there's another one for a women's empowerment group uh, that's not been confirmed yet, but it, I think that's going to come through in the next couple of weeks. Very cool. Excellent. All right. Well, we will keep tabs on you. Um, I will have all these links in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. And uh, again, thanks for, thanks for being on. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's been great. All right, listeners, hope you guys were taking notes. Uh, a lot of good takeaways from this. Um, and be sure to check out um, Chris on his website at statusflow.net. And uh, share this with your family, friends, and colleagues, right? And stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now. 